This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking... I might feel some pain at some point, but with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. We gotta get ready for the show, guys. It's like, you know, this is a big topic. <laughs> it's a big topic. So literally, literally, it's a big topic. So, oh, huh, I just had to build my neutrinos. Mm. Do you guys know about building these neutrinos? No. It's oh. like a Lego set. No, you have to harness the power of dark matter. That's how oh. you can travel through trees. That's how you can oh. make your penis. Do a U-turn. Interesting. Inside of a woman. Scientists oh. just made a black hole. That's that's honestly what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised if they make little black holes. What's nice about them is that, like you know, it cleans all the stuff up around it. So Absolutely. it's like a Roomba, but yeah. for all eternity. Yeah. Very good. Welcome to last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben, hanging out with Marcus and hanging out with Henry. Oh. Have you checked your Thetans lately? <laughs> They're full. Yeah. Oh my God. Are your, are your Thetans running? <laughs> my, the most surprising thing about moving to LA, the Scientology commercials. Jesus Christ, they're amazing. Well, David Miscavige, you might think you know Scientology, but have you seen my wife? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where she is. <laughs> well, speaking about hidden figures, today's episode, it's all about the Pennsylvania UFO Bigfoot invasion <laughs> of 19. 19- 73. Dog, this story is from. I can't believe that we haven't covered this already. I can't believe, can't believe never we heard haven't of it. covered the Pennsylvania <laughs> UFO Bigfoot invasion of 1973. Not so silent invasion. No, not so silent as you'll see. <laughs> quite is, a loud invasion, in fact. It is a very loud invasion. You feel like they, they could have used more cover. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but these, this story, man, this story is like it's old school. And I kind of like it does. I'm now with Stan Gordon of being like, Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society is not getting that acknowledgement that it needs. I really do think that there is a Skinwalker Ranch deep in the heart of Delco. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when one thinks of Bigfoot hotspots in America, the first places that come to mind, Pacific Northwest. Sure, Washington. Yeah, Yeah. the original home of the Bigfoot. You might even think of the Texas-Arkansas border, the folk monster. Okay, Texarkana. Yeah, Texarkana. Sure. Yep, getting people mad. If you put your mind to it. (laughs) But as far as the third 
most popular hotspot for Bigfoot activity in America goes, and that's at least according to the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, also known as Beefro. Those my boys at Beefro! Beefro! Well, Beefro sort of won the great Bigfoot Society Wars of the early 2000s. There was Beefro, there was Bafro, I think. There was Beefro... I do think it was Bafro. Yeah. And then we got Peebs now. We're going we're gonna to be introducing you to Peebs today. <laughs> okay. But it is, you, I think when it comes down to Bigfoot hunting, nay, research societies, mm-hmm. it's all about not quitting. Yeah. Also, Bafro is what we call it when the LPN crew and cast go out to sit courtside at the Los Angeles Lakers. It's Beefro. <laughs> Beefro. Beefro. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, now the, I unpacked it. We're the Beefro. Yes. Ed Larson, Holden McNeely. Sure. Jake yeah. Young. And I am the jerky. You're, you're you, but you are still beef. <laughs> yeah, and so you beef. belong. You're the lean cut. <laughs> Beefro. <laughs> but if you want the third most popular hotspot big, for Bigfoot activity mm-hmm. in America, you go to Pennsylvania, my friend. And All it, right. It is wild, dude. After reading Stan Gordon's Silent Invasion, I can't believe more people aren't talking about how many Bigfoots <laughs> are in the Pennsylvania area. You can't believe it. I can't believe it, and I won't believe it. Vladimir Putin just put a nuclear weapon into a silo, making uh, it closer to launch. He yeah. just fell down a flight of stairs and he pooped his pants. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> well, so ubiquitous is the Pennsylvania Bigfoot that the state boasts multiple local Bigfoot societies devoted solely to the Pennsylvania Bigfoot. For example, Pennsylvania has its own all-female Bigfoot research team, adorably called Monkey Winch Investigation. These ladies. (laughs) These ladies, man. Yeah, I would actually, as a Bigfoot, say that I'm not a monkey. I am an interdimensional being. I don't care what you are, monkey. You come over here and you eat my Pittsburgh pussy. Oh, not again. I don't think they're looking to have sex with the Bigfoot. They just want to identify it. But I do Mm -hmm. think at some point, from some of the documents I've seen, it might get erotic once they are in the situation. Mm-hmm. The state that gave us John Fetterman, they like them big. They do. <laughs> I know. Monkey Winch Investigations, however, is merely a subsidiary of the current top dog in Pennsylvania Bigfoot research. That's the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project, or the PBP. Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project sounds like a prog rock band. <laughs> and it is pretty sweet. Yeah, it really does. But my favorite, which reigned supreme from 1998 until its abrupt end in 2011, hmm. is the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society, a.k.a. The PBS. Yeah, man. Okay. You gotta fuck. They should have done those, like, give out tote bags. Yeah. Like, Abs- the original, the real PBS does. Absolutely. Well, the PBS was a nonprofit no kill group, which is an important distinction in the Bigfoot world because some Bigfoot researchers are after hard evidence no matter what the cost. And we- also, just to clarify, it's nonprofit, not on ad, not, <laughs> on <laughs> not on purpose. Not on purpose. Yes. That's called a no profit, <laughs> no profit <laughs> corporation. Uh, but actually, we just did speak with the author of the, was it the cryptid map? The United States of Cryptids. The United States of Cryptids. Great books. Super fun. It's really great. And he straight up, we're like, should you kill a Bigfoot? He's like, I gotta see a buddy. <laughs> so you'd be surprised how many people want to kill a fucking Bigfoot. He was like a nice man, too. Very like, nice. I want to play with his guts. And you're like, all right. <laughs> and that's on our Patreon. Check out that interview. Also, did you know the platypus used to be considered a cryptid until it was proven to be real? Yeah. The Okapi as well. No, we're... See, Marcus knew. He knew. <laughs> I was, I was you, surprised. You were educated. But I mean, if you got a big bill on him, yeah. like, that sounds like a cryptid. Mm-hmm. Now, because there is such diversity in how people study Bigfoot, the PBS... Wait a second, what? There's, well, not, all... within, not within the white men that do it. No. Yeah. It is Diver- just... Diversity in method. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
diversity in method of how you want to study Bigfoot. Some people say, yeah, kill the Bigfoot. Oh. Some people say, don't kill the Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Some people say, trap the Bigfoot so we can study it. Some people say, oh, we only want to b- observe the Bigfoot in the wild. Like I said, there's a lot of diversity to method. Yeah, there is. Beverly's out there stretching out her labia trying to capture it that way. <laughs> she's got one labia attached to one tree. She's got the other labia attached to the other tree. Yeah. She's covered herself in honey. And meanwhile, most of the time, she's mostly attracting bugs. Aww. Poor, poor Lydia. <laughs> No. <laughs> because there is such diversity, the PBS had its own exacting standards for what type of person could join the PBS. Ah, Before, like a, sort of like, anyway, go on. Yeah. Like, the, like the Rangers, <laughs> yes. the Texas oh, Rangers. Okay. Yeah. Before one could officially become a member, and this was at least up until 2011, they first had to submit an application. If the application was approved, hmm. then the prospective member would be subject to a vibe test held at the next PBS expedition, hike, function, or public outing. You're going to see how Greg like holds, what... man. When it comes down to it, because you're hanging out. Because first of all, yeah. one of the things, I think, honestly, probably one of the biggest issues with a Bigfoot hunt mm. is guys that are like loud peers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because there are guys <laughs> that go out there and you hear that full flow, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh, scoosh, scoosh, scoosh. Yeah. And the guy's going... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Like you got that thing. That's a difficult guy. You got a guy, who, the anchorman quarter guy. Mm-hmm. That's a guy you don't want in a Bigfoot fucking you got- function because he's doing the same thing. He's like, smells like Bigfoot's dick. And you're like, yep. Uh-huh. We've we heard it. Yeah. Yep. And you don't want the stinky peer either. Guy who doesn't drink enough water and his piss smells real bad. I actually, actually am going to push back yeah, on that. Yeah, me too. I actually do feel <laughs> yeah. like when it comes no, up, it's going to make the Bigfoot run. Well, or will you... it attract the Bigfoot? Because you know these hunters, they truly cover themselves in the urine of the animal they're hunting. The deer yeah. piss so they can remain invisible. So maybe a stinky ass pee. But also I feel mm. like, does Bigfoot have access to a Trenta Starbucks that <laughs> makes his pee European? You Good know what point. I mean? That makes his pee smell like a cafe. Mm-hmm. Well, concerning the vibe test. After what was, I'm sure, an intense and awkward afternoon. Big feet or big foots? <laughs> big foots. That's the nomenclature that we have decided that's, upon. That's first step. Yeah, that's first finding step. out if you can hang. Yeah. And also, second, being like, they bring in a big guy. Be like, you think that guy's the size of a Bigfoot? And if they say yes, you'd be like, Bigfoot's much bigger than that. Much Get the bigger. fuck out of here. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, after the vibe test, the group would meet without the prospective member present and decide if the applicant would be formally invited. Hey, what do you guys think of Greg? This is like when I fucking got with the Libertarian Party. Yeah, what do you think of fucking Greg? All right, yeah, this I think is Greg's also the, about to quit this group in two months. This is also the Libertarian Party. Because- <laughs> oh, is it? I yeah. Probably, yeah. That uh, is. Well, if chosen, the new member would then be placed on a one-year probation. I'm so sick of these assholes already. <laughs> no, what do you mean important. a one-year probation? Because you got to build up a rapport. What do we do know about the paranormal? If we've learned, right, like if you're going to research these kind of like weird yes. anomalous situations, you need to be able to hang. Yeah, you need but- to be able to show up, put up, nut up. Because <laughs> if you don't, then you fucking you're just wasting everybody's time. You have most of Bigfoot hunting. We talked about this with, I the, know, with the but- author. Is that most of Bigfoot hunting is sitting in a tent, drinking Natty Light, mm-hmm. scanning. Yeah. And you yes, got to be able I to hang in there. I understand yeah. that, but I also think they're just trying to have a lackey that's going to give them Jersey Mike's every day, drive me around to the mall because I got another DUI. Like they're just <laughs> taking advantage of a person and making them work for free. That's an intern. Yeah. And I actually think it's necessary for a functioning it's Bigfoot society. A nonprofit. Interesting. It's a nonprofit. And by the way, they don't charge dues free of charge. No shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the only the thing the dudes are yeah. the fucking you gotta hang out with all the bros yeah. you gotta be able to hang dog the also only- the author we've been uh, I'm sorry to interrupt Marcus the author we've been discussing is J.W. Auker oh yeah J.W. Yeah. J.W. Auker yeah. fantastic man it's a really fun book uh, but that's the thing there's no dues but it is strongly encouraged that you contribute to the website hosting fees so there are dues and also like no, not strongly, bring, strongly encouraged no, no it's it is strongly, strongly encouraged it's strongly encouraged like you're supposed to give at the museum except that sometimes yeah. what I do is I go like okay and I, I act like I'm putting in the donation box so people think I am yeah and then you know again I've done it for the cameras yeah those that's my most Costanza moment when I got a tip and I, it's gonna be a nice one and I'm like just wanna make sure they see it otherwise it doesn't count <sighs> yeah. see, scan the eyes big high arc yeah. of the five dollar oh, bill as you put it in the little basket yeah that's awesome but if you pass the vibe test. If you pass the year-long probation, oh, then and only then would the applicant become a full member in good standing in the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. Now, the creation of all these Bigfoot societies in Pennsylvania, they can be traced back to one of the rarest of paranormal phenomena, the double flap. Yeah, man. Paranormal back tits. <laughs> all right. See, back in the early 70s, Pennsylvania was beset by an invasion of sorts. Silent invasion. <laughs> in which both Bigfoots and UFOs became ubiquitous, mm-hmm. confrontational, mm-hmm. and terrifying. Legitimately, oh. this is some scary shit. This is the scariest shit that's been seen in central Pennsylvania since all of the fracking. Yeah. Like there's a like there's a lot of instability in the brains of people because of these paranormal back tits. All right. Now, the history of this double flap was kept alive all these years by one man, Stan Gordon. That's my boy. Is he? Yeah. Do we know enough about him for you to claim he's your boy? I love him. He's still out there, bro. He's done 10 appearances on Coast to Coast. Henry, is that's considered a close personal friend by Henry. I listened, okay. to a lot of, I listened to a lot of him in the last week or so, and he's fucking, he talks a lot about Bigfoot, and his stories <laughs> do match up. Does yeah. he have anything to say about Sandy Hook? Oh, (laughs) he said something about like, but he just thinks it was, he thinks it's a beach resort. Like he thinks it's one of those places you go to, like what's it, uh, like Club Med. Mm -hmm. Mm. He's one of the guys that got into cryptids, but never made the jump into conspiracy. He's smart enough. He's smart enough to see what kind of bullshit that is. This is a singular focused man. He doesn't have time for conspiracies. The political landscape is a distraction from his real work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now. This guy, Stan Gordon, he wrote a book called Silent Invasion about this two-year-long bother. However, I will say that for a silent invasion, there is quite a bit of high-pitched screaming and a lot of bullets fired. Not so hmm. silent. Invasion. Well, if something is super loud, but it's like, uh, it, it's kind of like the same tone all the time, it's almost like it's silent. Yeah. You're talking about, yeah. Oh, like, hot, we, like highway noise. Yeah, yeah how we so. live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting because he we, there's, he loved this shit. And it's also, you, it kind of bungles my mind how many people in Pennsylvania try to shoot a Bigfoot in the fucking head. Yeah. You're, sh- you're shocked by that, huh? It's just, it was way more, because especially after doing the folk monster and talking mm-hmm. about, like, like, far more bullets flew there for some reason than in this story. And, okay. Yeah. Now, Stan Gordon was a local whose interest in UFOs was piqued when a fiery object seen by multiple people crashed near his hometown of Greenberg, Pennsylvania in the 60s. This attracted the attention of both national media and the federal government. 
according to Stan, an unknown branch of the military mm. showed up and used a flatbed truck to cart away a mysterious object covered by a tarp. Not so silent. <laughs> <laughs> this incident instilled a lifelong curiosity concerning the UFO phenomenon in Stan Gordon, to the point where he started a UFO hotline for reporting purposes in 1969. I, I would love to hear the prank calls that that hotline oh. got. He has asked for people to be serious <laughs> when they call. Because he says a lot of his time is spent combing yeah. through a lot of, obviously, Baba Booey's. You're like, uh, hey, man, uh, I don't know what to do, man. I got like a, I got like a, a UFO circling my Uranus. Circling my Uranus. It's a funny big fucking itch in his anus. It's shit, bro. Shut up, shut up. Shut up, shut up. Fuck up. <laughs> But by 1970, Stan was in the mood to get official. Well, because he was legitimate. Stan Gordon yeah. was like, he is a, he was, he's pure. He's pure of heart. Okay. And he loves these Bigfoots and UFOs. And he's very, very curious about them. But he's also, he's diligent. And he's mm -hmm. got this hotline that, is, that continues to be open. Yeah. <laughs> well, in 1970, Stan established the Westmoreland County UFO Study Group, mm -hmm. or Wakafasug. Wakafasug. That's what I'm calling it. Not, it's not, he wasn't great with the acronyms. Well, I, Do I, you I, have to wait a year of indentured servitude to get into that one <laughs> also? Wakafasug. Wakafasug? No, you Wakafasug. <laughs> Eventually, Stan became the Pennsylvania State Director for MUFA. Yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, why are you reacting? Like, that cool. means anything. No, man. It's like, wow. it really is the turning wow. nothing into something. Yeah. Where you what a just, step up. He got paid yeah. to be a UFO investigator. That okay. is way rarer. That mm -hmm. is way rarer than being a professional comedian. I yeah. agree. If you <laughs> can make a living being a ufologist, which he kind of was on and off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the MUFON posting was actually a pretty choice position because unbeknownst to, I think, most people, Pennsylvania in the early 70s was the place to investigate and witness not only UFOs, but a massive amount of Bigfoots. Okay. Oh, yeah, dude, because Stan Gordon, even his, the, the UFO that got him obsessed was this thing called the Kecksburg UFO, which now is like, that's a whole other episode oh, that yeah. we're going to have to do. Uh, but he, he really like, kind of got like, he got started like deep it's like if the first your first experience in the paranormal was like witnessing the roswell ufo like mm -hmm. it's a big it's weird how he like he was at like he was like the world series of ufo events like you fucking look at me like that hey. it actually was a big deal for him it's a me? big deal yeah. I, I think it's great let's uh, let's call it it's the uh reggie jackson three uh home runs for uh sure. and, yeah that's yeah yep. mr october it's the See, mr october you of UFO events. Over you guys are overselling it i'm almost <laughs> thinking you're insecure <laughs> What? what? I've never been insecure no. in my life. Never been insecure about my masculinity. Not once Not in my entire life once. has that been true. Unless we're in fucking uh, Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, that was different. Well, that was different. That was a. That, we that, didn't belong there. No. No, no, no. It's why I left that area of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, that is to say, when it became clear that a double flap was indeed occurring in the state, <laughs> Stan Gordon was well placed to head the investigation. He claimed that between January 1st, 1973 and the end of 1974, there were 278 incidents involving either a UFO, a Bigfoot, or both. And you can call bullshit all you want, but if you read Silent Invasion, 
what you will see is that the amount is just the amount it's a lot. of yeah. sightings. It's, wow. it's crazy. But the interesting thing is that Stan wasn't just tallying incident reports and putting a notch every time someone called up. Rather, there were 278 incidents that Gordon deemed credible with more credence given to people who previously didn't believe in UFOs or Bigfoot. Can you buy him off? Oh, he's un, unable. He's Teflon. He's already, okay. he is hired by MUFON. All right. He knows he can't mix all these strains of money, but most of it really is all done out of his own pocket. Okay. Mm-hmm. But of course, this was, as I said, back in 1973. And while UFOs certainly still ruin lives, mm-hmm. as we've said over and over again, that statement went double in the early 70s when one could be entirely ostracized from the community for publicly yelling, I know what I saw! Yeah. Oh. For an example of how even just telling your friends about a Bigfoot can still be perilous in modern times, here's a clip from a fairly recent Bigfoot news story in Pennsylvania in which one man openly mocks his friend on camera (laughs) when that friend tried backtracking on how much his Bigfoot sighting freaked him out. Who would do? What kind of friend would do that to another friend? Ready to give up, we found guys who allegedly saw the beast just a few nights ago. But getting someone to talk about that on camera was not easy. <laughs> well, you go back in the woods, you see animals in the woods. Hey, I don't know where hey, this let, let me, let me try to Let me try to jog your memory a little bit. Tom, <laughs> you better get up here. There's something up in the woods. We don't know what it is. No. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. You don't remember that? <laughs> he, he could not experience a He literally couldn't experience one moment of genuine vulnerability in front of his old mother. It, which also shows that they're real old friends. Yeah. But still, hey, man. Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? He was scared. He called up his buddy he thought he could trust. Yeah, remember that when you had to throw your underwear out because you shat yourself? No, dude. I needed you to be there for me, bro. And the guy who was telling the story, he just walks away yeah. in the middle of the interview. Just yeah. Walks away. <laughs> and the guy making fun of him is a cop that is no shit, 350 pounds. Right. Easily. Yep. Good for him. Live from your grave. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. 
Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, interestingly, the Bigfoot did not just suddenly appear in Pennsylvania in 1973. Mm -hmm. As it is with most of the heavily wooded areas of North America, sightings of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot date back to the 1800s when human settlements began encroaching on previously undisturbed wilderness. Mm -hmm. In one report from 1859, printed in the book Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, which was sent to us by fans Amanda and Zach, a quote, Thing like a man, but hairy as a bear, was seen in a cow pen, quote, sucking the cows. See? <laughs> and that's the most human of all, because he saw yeah. a thing that looked like a tit. Mm-hmm. And he went right in there. He knew, because no one would judge him like they right. judge us. No one, no one eats udder, right? Uh, udder? Oh I don't think goodness. you want to eat udder. I, I think I've never just, seen anybody eating udder. It's just got to be rubbery. There's yeah. not can't be any. There's no flavor there. Unless you braise it. That's for oh, a whole it, huh? different show. That's a whole different <laughs> show. And also, we don't have any cows. We have, we have some bulls, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all this milk. Look at all this milk. Yeah. Well, that was the first reporting that okay. you ever heard for, about Bigfoots in Pennsylvania, 1859. And from there, reports of gigantic, hairy, wild men and wild women, as they were called before the Bigfoot nomenclature came into use, mm-hmm. they came continuously throughout the decades following. It's a full book, and it's just story after story, and it's news stories, it's articles. Wild man, wild man, wild man. And now we just call them moonshiners. Yeah. Yep. But concerning the double flap of 1973, <gasps> it is interesting to note that the UFOs came before the Bigfoots. Oh. This is a real mixture, and, and that's what I love about this entire story, mm-hmm. is that it is a genuine, like, and we'll keep unpacking why. Like, why is it like this? But they, it's, they're all right on top of each other. Well, there's a very interesting cause and effect in play it here. But therefore, one must ask a simple question. Yes. 
Were the Bigfoots piloting the UFOs themselves, mm. or were the Bigfoots introduced by the UFOs mm. into the wilds of Pennsylvania as an experiment, hmm. like putting a scorpion in a shoebox with a frog just to see how the frog handles it? The frog would do absolutely fantastic. Chewbacca. Reminds me of Chewbacca. What are you? Sure, sure, sure. Honestly, just let him have this. <laughs> have this. Um, well, I feel like is that that's one conversation because but what you're talking about is a fairly materialistic version of this. He's story. a material well, girl. We're going to get into the interdimensionality of this later on. Don't you worry, my friend. Because it also could just be clouds of electrons, dog. Mm-hmm. All right. And you got cold fusion like that's natural cold fusion is what we're seeing. And we're going to get into it. Or could it be that the UFO sightings introduced the idea of the paranormal to the area and it wasn't too far of a leap between UFO sightings and Bigfoot encounters. Now these of course are the central questions of this episode. But I actually feel like the two experiences as we see in the accounts are wholly different. Because the UFOs, the sightings... Unless, of course, the Bigfoot uh, sighting and the UFO sighting happen at the same time, which happens a few times. But that's that's when they touch tips. Yeah. Because the UFO experience is way more ethereal. It's way more like... Because what people talk about when you see a UFO, it makes you question your place in the universe. It's way more of a sighting. It's more passive. Where a lot of the Bigfoot sightings, in this story especially... They're kind of aggressive and they're way more personal and in your face. And there are more Mm. up close sightings of Bigfoots in this story than I've seen in any one of the other Bigfoot cases we've ever covered. Well, I I would well, I would make a distinction here. And I do make this distinction many times, you know, over the course of this episode is that they are UFO sightings, but Bigfoot encounters. Mm -hmm. Okay, and there we go. And that's the cornerstone of ufology and cryptozoology. You are your own research, and then you <laughs> but that's agree the problem, with yourself. But that's you are t- actually again tripping upon an essential, essential question: yes. is that if if the paranormal, which we kind of talk about a lot of times, is a personal experience, and maybe it's something that you can only see, it is so unique and it's so expressed, as was put in the book that I uh, another side book I read called Dark Matter Monsters by Simeon Hine, PhD. Yeah, so he's a doctor. <laughs> yeah, he, he yeah. PhD it, from. Uh, uh, oh, it says something like, oh, the, oh, it's this fe- is the- Phoenix offline. Phoenix <laughs> offline. Yeah. Which is actually, it's incredible it's because. It's a cardboard box he got delivered. <laughs> it's met a guy outside of the Hess station. Yeah, weird. Um, but he talks about it. See, it's a hidden event. Right, ah. which is like they originally coined the term hidden event as a way to talk about the uh, rampant child abuse in the United States that wasn't really considered a crime since the 1960s mm-hmm. until the 1960s. But he says it's also like Bigfoot because it's an event that happens to only you that no one will believe that happened to you because you're the only witness to the event. That's an absolutely horrendous analogy. No, yeah. no, it's exactly absolutely. the same. No, 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 it's at the top of this book. It's yeah. exactly because the same. Because you know, also, you know who else knows that you got molested? The guy who molested you. What do you think the only old person that knows that you saw a Bigfoot is a Bigfoot? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? It's like he had a person side. Yeah. He was just freaked out. He was probably more freaked out by you, right? <laughs> think about how the molester feels, understanding how much trouble you can get in. Yeah, we always have to think about that. I don't know. I posit, I don't know the exact timeline here. Pittsburgh Steelers, perhaps they were just seeing Terry Bradshaw on a bender. In the woods. Uh, Terry Bradshaw was a 60s player or a 70s player? I think he was the 70s. All right. This I just is the like early, his hair. This is the early Doesn't 70s. Doesn't have it anymore. No, none whatsoever. I think you're thinking of either Johnny United. I think you're thinking Joe Namath with the yeah. hair. Because he had the Joe. hair. Yeah. No, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw is bald as a cue ball. Yeah. Mm. 
Okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm just looking at pictures of Terry Bradshaw now. <laughs> he might be the Pennsylvania Bigfoot. He might <laughs> but be. he's only six foot three. There's also, speaking of what I know, what I saw, he was hammered one time on Jay Leno, dressed in a Santa suit, going through a divorce, openly crying because he hadn't stopped drinking yet. And I cannot find the episode anywhere. Then they scrubbed it. I, think I know they what have, I saw. They might have scrubbed it. <laughs> yeah, it was really Actually, sad. Actually, he was at his height in 1974, but I feel like that would have made him to the Pennsylvania public. He would have been like, like, he'd be like, oh my God, it's Terry Bridge. They would freak out. Yeah. Okay. Well, the UFO sightings that preceded the year-long Bigfoot invasion of 1973 actually began in 1972. Mm. Near the end of that year, witnesses saw glowing spheres of light and metallic material falling from the sky near high-tension power lines. Cool. Very common in UFO sightings. Wakufasug collected these samples. I use that acronym <laughs> no, because I'm like not going to say the fucking Westmoreland County no. UFO Society Underground. No one would. No one would. <laughs> no. And you can't say the W-U-C-U-F-O-S-U-G. No. That doesn't make any sense. In it's no Wakufasug. In no way would you ever be long-winded during our the Pennsylvania UFO Bigfoot <laughs> Invasion of 1973 episode. Silent invasion. Well, Wakufasug collected these samples and sent them to a lab where it was discovered that while the metal was mostly aluminum, mostly, the origin of the material was unknown. And also, this is a lot of times we yeah. see with UFO parts, right? With these quote unquote meta materials, a no. lot of times it is earthbound material, but they're like, but it's put in a way that no human would ever do. It's kind of like the Bill Murray thing in Ghostbusters. No, no human no being human. would stack books like this. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but it is that where it's curious. It's the playful nature of the trickster phenomena. Right. Right. Which is, I understand because I'm a playful trickster. <laughs> so I know what it's like and I'm always, ooh, fiddling and fooling. Yes. So they're like me. You can't trust them at all. However, I did see uh, there is that great uh, clip of Jacques Vallée taking some material that was found from a UFO into a lab and put it under an electron microscope. And they found that the isotopes in that piece of material were far beyond anything that we have here on Earth. Isotopes. Beyond isotopes. Yeah, I see. This is the thing. There's a I lot of believe, stuff. I said, can't believe it's not isotopes. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's kind of just said. Like there's a thing like coherent matter. I was reading about like dark no, no, no. Matter a searches. scientist said that while sitting in front of a computer next to a big piece of equipment. I didn't understand. So that's got to be true. Isotopes. Okay. <laughs> well, isotopes. Fantastic. And not too long after that UFO sighting, several reports came from the Greensburg area involving a quote strange, high pitched screaming sound. Oh! Now, those screams were paired with the sounds of something heavy moving through the woods, which again negates the premise of the silent invasion. Not so silent invasion. But at any rate, people reported seeing a very broad-shouldered creature about five feet tall chasing two dogs soon after. That was followed by more high-pitched screams. Mm. And several large piles of fresh scat were found nearby. Did they? It's a shit scat. It's a Bigfoot scat. Love the scat man. Did they investigate the Duke? Yes, they did. Oh, yeah. Eh? And it's it was Duke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did they get any indication if it was a Bigfoot? They did not. They Inconclusive. Well, inconclusive. I say, <laughs> how do you say the real findings was that they found that they had found similar piles. Yeah. But they were too large for a horse. Yeah. We'll get into the horse piles <laughs> later on. We'll definitely, And that's the thing is that the universe. Actually, we'll get into the horse piles right now. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah. I've seen. I lived in New York for 15 years and those horse cops, they just shit right on the street and keep yeah. on going. Yeah. yeah. A security guard 
backyard near the University of Pennsylvania Greensburg campus. He found those piles. He said, too big for a horse. They're too big for a horse. How do you know? How much horse shit have you seen? I mean, they're, I mean, I feel like they are actually, they might be around more horse shit than we are. Pennsylvania, the Amish are everywhere. Horse-drawn carriages. Yeah. But and meth. Those- Child molestation. <laughs> Liquid horse shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the meth dump. But lest ye think this large pile of feces is merely a frat boy prank, hmm. the guard also found several large unidentifiable footprints nearby. You also must ask your question as to whether or not frat boys are capable of taking a lot of dumps in a can, perhaps a bucket of some don't, sort. Don't pry into it. Don't go into deep. <laughs> I don't know why you just sort of, I mean, I'm not, you're just kind of maligning frat boys out of nowhere. I mean, it, they they pay for friendship and they make sweet love to each other. Yeah, you but guys are talking fine. about an organization that does the exact same thing. Yes, but it's for Bigfoot. <laughs> and so it's different. It's better. Yeah. It's not just for school. Yeah, they don't get like connections later on in life no. for high power jobs they like burn frat bridges. boys do. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> ruin, they ruin their lives getting yeah. involved in this. Yeah, it does. The more you say that, it does sound like actually that's the perfect thing for a bunch of frat boys to do is to stage a Bigfoot invasion because yeah. that's the single funniest thing you could possibly do if people <laughs> yeah. tend to take it seriously. And then you have a bunch of Bigfoot researchers that are all like. Oh yeah, we these are no one can make prints like this. Meanwhile, they're all like elephant tailing each other, like behind a bush, just yeah. like looking through, and be like, "We fucking got him, Brad." <laughs> that is funny. It is. Now, one might say that five feet tall is by no means Bigfoot size. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, five feet is actually somewhat of an odd cryptid size because hmm. usually they're either two to four feet tall, like the chupacabra or the melon-headed children, hmm. or they're much larger, like the ten-foot-tall Flatwoods monster yeah. or the beefy Mothman. Big, thick old mm-hmm. Mothman. I think it's because it was a baby Bigfoot. <laughs> oh. Could it be? Or could it be? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a maybe big sight. But here's something interesting about this double flat that you'll notice as the story goes on and on. See, the more people reported Bigfoot sightings, the more detailed the descriptions became. Awesome. And the larger the Bigfoots got. Oh, yeah. Now, if we stay on the paranormal side of things, it could be said that these creatures were pushing through from another dimension. Mm-hmm. And the further they pushed, the more detailed they became. This is a very John Keel way of looking at things. Astral hemorrhoids. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) But the not as much fun, but still fascinating explanation can be found from the psychological point of view. See, the way the human brain works is that our perceptions are guided by our expectations. Sure, absolutely. And that's why you can, if you change your perception, you can sometimes change your reality. Mm -hmm. These expectations are called prior beliefs, and they help us to make sense of what we are perceiving in the present based on similar experiences we've had in the past. And that's either direct experiences or indirect experiences, meaning something you've seen versus something you've heard. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. The brain uses learning. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It's very much learning. Yes. But sometimes the brain takes a shortcut when learning. The brain uses these signals to make judicious decisions in the face of uncertainty. Is that a trash can or is it a murderer? Is it a home? Is it for some? (laughs) If you're Oscar. Oh. And one could make the argument that the double flap was a case of mass hysteria in which people saw bears, tree branches, or shadows as Bigfoots because they were on high alert for Bigfoot. I know what I saw. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I feel like something could maybe be bears, but you're seeing a face in your window. I know that that's like, there's also the thing we see faces, we see sh- like things that mm-hmm. look like human shapes often. Mm-hmm. We we look for them in like chaotic backgrounds and we can kind of like make them with our own minds. We can make those outlines with yeah. our 
We've been to uh, Pennsylvania quite a bit. Love it. Love yeah. Philly. Love Pittsburgh. Love all of Pennsylvania, really, in a lot of ways. Sobriety. <laughs> now, is this something that we must ask? I just feel like... How often have we all been drunk? Yeah. All the time. But I've never really, truly. In, especially in Pennsylvania. But I've been drunk, but I've never, like, seen something I didn't see because I was drunk. Yeah, I've never had that either. I've never had the whole pink elephant phenomenon. Every time no. I see things when I'm drunk, I know what I saw. Oh, I mean, a lot of times it's what I'm seeing when I'm drunk is the only time I really see. That's unhealthy. No, no, it's the only time. It's an unhealthy relationship. Fuck, the whole world <laughs> catches up. But I can finally know. But if we swing back to Keel. I drive better when I'm drunk. I, I just I'm I don't more relaxed. Because <laughs> again, you get floppy, yeah. and it's everybody else that gets all rigid and upset yeah, yeah. because you're coasting through a bunch of red lights. <laughs> but if we swing back to Keel, it might also be that the Bigfoots were indeed interdimensional beings. Hmm. And the more people saw the creatures, the more, quote unquote, sense the creatures made. We and, filled out the details with our brains yeah. and our observation of them. Well, Makes not sense. necessarily that we filled out their details, but that's the thing. When you first see a creature like this, that's what a lot of people say about these interdimensional beings is that your brain freaks out because there's no frame of reference for that creature. Mm -hmm. But the more you see a creature, the more you experience something like that, the more your brain can actually handle it. You can actually process what it is that you're seeing in front of you. More details are perceived and more details are remembered. Like or, the aforementioned platypus. Like yes. the, absolutely. Or in this new book that I read, Dark Matter Monsters, what if these are special creatures that have made, managed to be able to harness the power of dark matter, right? If Bigfoot or any other cryptids can create bunched electron structures from the static in their long hair, the compression of their huge feet on the ground. This is legitimate. This is legitimate it's science. Legitimately written Piezoelectric effect in their bones or the vortical action of blood flowing in their cavernous arterial structure. Vortical? Vortical. They would be able to create the itonic mesh structure that Iton. Matsumoto, who is a scientist, another scientist says, is the hallmark of neutron stars and the cold fusion process. Yeah, but they just retroactively put what an actual scientist had to say in front of a bunch of bullshit. No. <laughs> Hidden events, not child molestation. <laughs> it's about Bigfoot. All right, these creatures, they'd have unique gravitational abilities through their ability to harness dark matter energies. Okay. And now that quote unquote, according to the author, he says it, he, he sees your reaction. Yeah. He knows your reaction's coming. And he says, yeah, that probably sounds strange. But if you think about the encounters people report, there are often gravitational effects, missing time, and electronic Anomalies. Uh -huh. Man, if he just yeah. put his mind to anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Use your fucking brain, people. He could have done your brain. He could have been Moneyball. Yeah. <laughs> they could create bunched electron structures with their hair. Dude, this is fucking real, dog. It's definitely in a book. We actually got some bad news about dark matter recently. Scientists think that we may never actually be able to see it. No, of it course, we're remain, making it up. It will mean it will remain theoretical forever. Of course, because we made it up because the, the math don't work, mm -hmm. right? And that's why we made it up is because the math doesn't work. So we need something to, to stick in there because it would make sense when it, when it comes down to it. We live in a chaotic reality that we could measure if we want because we change it just by fucking looking at it. Vo yeah. Was it vortal? Vortical. This is <laughs> real. The cryptids can absorb and generate active neutrinos in the same way cold fusion reactors do. Oh, man. <laughs> But when it came to the first wave of Bigfoot sightings in Pennsylvania in 1972, prior to the larger double flap, the early reports bordered on assault. See, after a family heard and felt footsteps outside of their house for consecutive nights, a Bigfoot allegedly attacked. Oh, man. One night, the family and a friend of theirs arrived home late at 3 a.m. Who knows what they were out doing? Drinking. 
<laughs> and something suddenly lifted and shook the car. Cool. Terrified, the passengers stayed put. But when they got out of the car after the shaking and rumbling was over, yeah. they found that the vehicle had moved a fair distance from where they had originally parked. Arnold Schwarzenegger from Twins. Whoa. That? His, yeah, that was one of his stronger years. I thought that was Kindergarten Cop. He did it. I th- might have done it in both. I think he, he did moves it in cars both. all the time. He, he knows what he's <laughs> yeah. able to do. And when he lifted the tree in Commando. Yeah. yeah that's very true. difficult. That that's was kind of cool. Well, another night, that same family lost their dog when the creature attacked and killed it. A lot of dead dogs in this story, I'm sorry to say. Huh. Although the family had convinced themselves that they were simply dealing with a clever, if malicious, bear. Yes, the Riddler of Bears. (laughs) Definitely dealing with a highly organized, mafia-style bear. The bear from the great outdoors, very smart. Oh, yeah. Bald Heine Bear, that's what we used to call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what's the, I thought the raccoons were smarter than the bear. The bear well, was they, malicious. The, the raccoons could talk. The bear was <laughs> misunderstood. Was awesome. Yeah, the bear was misunderstood. Yeah, <laughs> he got his little butt, yeah, his yep. little butt blown out there. Yeah, and then his head. Yeah, so, spoiler remember. alert. Sorry. I know. Sorry to interrupt. That It's already to ruin that 40-year-old fellow. <laughs> 40 years old. Wow. But when this family heard the telltale footsteps a few nights later, they decided to go out and shoot the damn thing. Oh, yeah. Great. Get me the dogs killed. Their car's oh, been attacked. No, they're yeah, mad now. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I this I understand why they, 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 they have had, they've been attacked. Yes. They yeah. have to defend themselves. Absolutely. But instead of a bear, they saw a hairy six foot tall biped with broad shoulders and exceptionally long arms, arms that hung down to the knees. Yeah. Okay. And this creature had a hairless, shiny face. Like Anna Taylor Joy, who you just met last night at the bar. Like Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> he wasn't there. He no, wouldn't he know it was Harry Bradshaw. Yes. Yeah. Well, knowing they were outmatched, the family fled back into the house and watched the creature from the window until it wandered away. How and they never you, saw it again. It's kind of funny knowing that they were outmatched. They had guns. The big yeah. just standing there. That's yeah. the thing. I would have conf- Yeah, they got a firearms, man. He was just scared by the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Not long after, a group of teenagers encountered the creature several times over the course of one night. When they described it to Stan Gordon, they said it walked upright and fast. It had an ugly, non-human face and long arms that again hung down to its knees. And that is a descriptive that teenagers use. Nick ugly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uniquely beautiful. And now we know that to be true, 2022, I know if you say someone's ugly, it's because of their soul is ugly. Oh. No, people are still ugly. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not allowed to say that anymore. You can oh, say okay. that. You can describe people. You can describe people. Yeah. yeah. Still yeah. allowed to describe people. He's yeah. a big tomato-headed bitch or something like that. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> well, interestingly, one of those kids allegedly had a paranormal awakening of sorts after his encounter with Bigfoot. And he wouldn't be the only one in this story uh, to have this happen to him. Okay. That's what this what Dark Matter Monsters talk about, the, the trauma associated with seeing a cryptid. Mm. Well, months later, the teen said he saw a floating, glowing, grayish figure of a man appear from out of nowhere in his room. The figure walked through the wall and was never seen again. He walked through the wall. That's the thing. I know what you're thinking. Did he walk through the wall? Did he walk through the wall? (laughs) Neutrinos. He was made out of fucking real neutrinos, dog. Bunch (laughs) electrons. He was made out of coherent matter. Did he climb through the window? No, no. Through the wall. wall. Through the wall. But while all this happened in 1972, the Pennsylvania double flap didn't truly begin (laughs) <laughs> Until January 1st. I just see uh, me jumping up and down. Yeah, well, yeah. I got the backs and I got the fronts. Yeah. Beautiful. Double flaps. I'm triple. 
Oh, Wee Wee, let's you have triple move on. What's my no third lap? No one's triple. The flat. bottom of my belly. It's the bottom of your. No, be- but that's not We're flaps. Flap. That's all that's not out. flaps. I think my titties are flaps, uh-huh. and I have back folds. Yeah, we that all I do. thought that I would do push-ups and get rid of, but then they just accentuated them. Twenty twenty three is a whole nother year. <laughs> it is. It is. It yeah. truly is. Another I'm year. I'm gonna start doing Muay Thai. Yeah. You're going to start doing Muay Thai? I'm going to start eating Muay Thai. You're going to eat Muay Thai for half. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've used that joke before. Yeah. Is it a joke? I don't know. Well, that's the thing, is that all of this happened January 1st, 1973. That's when it began. It began, you okay? Yeah, Henry just choked on water, so you're ready. You're ready to get in shape next year. It's your Spanish Muay Thai. <laughs> yes, it was real good. But before the Bigfoots truly began their invasion in the spring, the sky was filled with UFOs day and night throughout late winter. On New Year's Day, a bright star-like object was seen floating above a barn near the town of Delmont. This craft moved by alternating between bursts of speed and moments when it would slow down. Very deliberate movement. Okay. Four more separate times in January, a spherical pink object, a bright orange egg, and a cigar-shaped UFO respectively appeared in the skies above Pennsylvania. Mm. Some, like the star-like object, would be almost ethereal. But the orange craft was reported to have flown with extra-wide contrails. That implies a propulsion system. While the cigar-shaped UFO had hundreds of white lights, and it emitted an odd, smooth humming sound. Yeah, by the way, is this the hotline? Yeah, I got a cigar-shaped UFO <laughs> circling <laughs> Uranus. It's about his butt. You get it? <laughs> you see his butt. I got one joke here. <laughs> I wish that you'd take the hotline seriously. It costs good money. <laughs> now, there was only one object reported in February, a red spherical craft, but in March of 1973, there were 14 credible UFO reports. It's the amount of them that are crazy. I yeah. feel like that's the true difference. Yeah. What, what do you think a UFO from, uh, from, uh, uh what, what do you think a balding alien calls it? What? Male, male uh, Saturn baldness. <laughs> that's what you wanted to do? That's what you derailed the, 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 the everything for? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Male I enjoyed Saturn. it. Male Saturn baldness is fun. It is. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's fine. It's enjoyable. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's merch. It's merch. <laughs> you know? Boom. Well, the shape and size of each craft was different, but the descriptions do track with the UFO types that many other people have reported around the world for decades. Mm. You had dome-shaped UFOs, oh, yeah. cylindrical cigars, nice blimp-like craft. You don't get that all the time. No, you don't. Small BB-shaped ships. Micro-UFOs, which we should talk about because that's a whole other separate, uh, there's a whole well, other episode mm-hmm. called Micro-UFOs. Truly, what is interesting is that we didn't have as much tech as we do now, so that is fascinating because now it's like, yeah, drone, guaranteed mm. yeah. drone. But like, this is it's the weird. 70s, so yeah. yeah. Cool stuff. You had football-shaped ships. Mm. You have larger objects that split into smaller objects. That's, that's one of my personal favorite UFOs. I love the large objects that split. That was a Hudson Valley that yes. happened a lot. Yeah, that was the video people. that you played in our live show Yeah, as they're well. shooting out the little, yes. like, little shits, little yeah. farts. Yeah, you had balls of burning flame, and you had arrowhead UFOs. And that's among others. There were a fair amount of other shapes and sizes. Sound and color-wise, some objects hummed. Others were silent. And all varied in color from red to orange to pink to white. In one case, a witness said they saw an object shift in size, shape, and color. It's wow. super weird. And a part of it is because maybe they are, again, they're harnessing a technology that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they are literally morphing. They're the very creative matrix of the universe they like, have at their disposal. Could be. You're about to pass. You're about to pass this class. 
(laughs) (laughs) Your one-year apprenticeship is almost over. I can't wait, man. Because then, like, I can stop doing the jerky runs. I can stop doing all the bagging all the scat. Yeah, (laughs) that's my big thing. I'm really sick of bagging the scat because they are piles larger than a horse, (laughs) and it is shovels full. It's a lot, yeah. When perhaps the strangest case out of those 14 sightings in March, a witness said he saw five dome-shaped UFOs in the sky. He said that he'd been in his house, but had been lured outside by an odor so terrible that he had to go see what it was. Wow. That's cold fusion materials burning off. Mm-hmm. Oh. To my knowledge, though, the smell of ozone is more associated with UFOs. Terrible odors are more attached to the Bigfoot. And And demons. And demons, yes. Also in demons. <laughs> April yeah. was similarly rife with UFO sightings, as was May. But in the spring of 1973, a witness said he saw human-like figures descending from a UFO along a beam. Yeah, we were working, having a good time. That's yeah. fun, man. Yeah. You, know, you see all these aliens dancing on the, the, the foot of a light. Mm-hmm. And then they get to be in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by his report, these figures were 8 to 10 feet tall. Classic wow. Bigfoot size. And of course, not too long after the witnesses saw the possible Bigfoots descending from the UFO, the Bigfoot side of the double flap began in May of 1973. And it would not slow down for a second until the following fall. It is Whoa. crazy, but it, it is interesting that, that that was the first sighting that incorporated a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And then so from they, then on, they were, they were attached. Here. So the UFOs dropped them off. Well, that's the part. I mean, do you think Maybe they, they stunk up the UFO? <laughs> I, they might have farted in you. They might be getting kicked off. Yeah. They might have been like, all right, but we've had enough. Yeah, we stopped I, by fucking Glorglack Planet. These motherfuckers stink. And they like, all had the chili. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a report that Stan Gordon said was the one that made him stand up and take notice, a witness said that he was... Clean- it was very difficult because he had issues with his knees. <laughs> oh. A witness said he was cleaning his bathroom when he looked out the window and saw two shiny red eyes staring back. Jesus. Only thing was, the bathroom window was eight feet off the ground. And the telltale foul smell of the Bigfoot was so strong that it penetrated the walls. Oh, that must make him feel self-conscious. Don't mind me, I was just going to watch you go to the bathroom. I was just watching you poop, but I I guess that's also bad. Yeah. You know, a lot of Bigfoot sightings happen in the bathroom. Mm. And I'm Mm. wondering, and I was wondering, like, what that is like, is the... the, Smell in the sky. Does he... (laughs) Yeah. No, you're vulnerable. But I was thinking it's not necessarily a Bigfoot thing. I'm thinking it's more of a human thing because sometimes when you're on the toilet, you tend to look around. You tend to just, you're bored. You're kind of sitting on your knees. Yeah, especially in 1973. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah. have a phone to play with and well, you forget your magazine. That's what are you going to do? You gotta stare out the, the window. Yeah, you got to read the back of shampoo bottles and stuff like that, but that gets boring. I mm-hmm. actually wonder if the Bigfoot just more like, you know, there's not a lot I miss about being, you know, only half human. Hmm. I wish we had toilets. Toilets? Well, dumping in the woods is more fun than a toilet. The toilet's a, it's a ball and chain in its own right, isn't it? <laughs> I love my toilet. Yeah, well, you have a very nice one. When Stan interviewed the family living... <laughs> I accept the compliment. I still have yet to use it. I'm pretty excited. Come one, saddle one up. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth every penny. I'll sit on that bidet. I'm not even joking. I think I was on it for seven minutes the other day. I believe it. When Stan interviewed the family living at the house in question where the bathroom sighting occurred their teenage son reported another incident in which he was hanging out with some other boys from the neighborhood. He said that they heard heavy breathing, quote, like a horse, then heard a large snort. 
seemingly from a horse. Oh. Mm. But that's when the Bigfoot showed up. Oh, yeah, Whoa. especially if you're looking at that scat. Yeah. You know it ain't a horse. Does the horse, does the Bigfoot cloak itself to sound like other animals, perhaps? Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Well, standing up out of some bushes, it was apparently hiding behind. Hmm. The Bigfoot was eight to nine feet tall and covered in black hair. When Stan later investigated the area, he found a three-toed print 13 inches long Dang. and eight inches wide. And Stan naturally made the first of many Many plaster casts. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's like easy to make up a footprint or it something. Is. No, it is. Well, you'd have to be such, you have to be a liar. <laughs> you'd have to be a liar to do that. And yeah. no one, why would you break everyone's hearts that's by faking one, it? That's one thing we've learned with the new era. No one lies. No one lies. <laughs> no one but lies. It, yeah, yeah, I saw pictures of the, the footprint. It's, it's good. It's good. It's clear. Yeah. Awesome. Well, oddly, though, bathroom peeping, as I said, it became a habit. Of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot. And that's how it is. In August, Wakusafug got a report from a man in Beaver County who said he saw an eight-foot-tall gorilla with glowing red eyes staring into the window of his privy. It's jealousy. Jeez. And again, an odd footprint was found at the scene. And that's another interesting thing about it, is that sometimes they would find two footprints, sometimes uh -huh. they'd find one footprint, sometimes no footprints. And that's when I was carrying you. <laughs> 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 to go, to go uh, make sweet love to that woman and gape her in a tent. Oh. oh. Well, around that same time, a woman reported seeing a nine to ten foot tall creature with a pear-shaped head. Weird. And she heard the strange, high-pitched scream of the Bigfoot. Oh. That's them recharging. Oh. That's in the book. That's them recharging That's their neutrinos. Recharge. The, to recharge the neutrinos by expelling? Yeah, wouldn't you want, don't you want to kind of calm them? No, I bring it in. You're, you're bringing it in. You are bringing in by expelling it out. That's what it says in this book. Okay. <laughs> it says it in the book. I know and it, does it does. doesn't fully explain it. Was yeah. it self-published? Yes. Okay. <laughs> because, again, certain things are too true for mainstream editorial processes and editing. All right? Because these guys are like, oh, what's the proof of this? And you're like, I wrote it down. Yeah. My name is Dr. Himes. PhD. <laughs> yes. Well, soon after, a cop saw glowing red eyes the size of a 50-cent piece, which is quite similar to the description we heard when we covered the folk monster. Yes. Perhaps not so coincidentally. This is very interesting. The Pennsylvania Bigfoot flap and the folk monster sightings, they happened at almost the exact same time. Oh. And neither one had yet enjoyed national news coverage. Maybe there's a crypt maybe there was also cryptid inflation Could was be. happening at the time. Yeah. Too many cryptids. When it rains, it pours. However, the folk monster was completely devoid of any UFO sightings, much less an entire flap. Single hmm. flap. From there, then no, you can't have a single flap. A single flap would be a you flap of UFO. Now? You're what? not going to say a group of seeing a, a, several series of Bigfoots is not a flap. I guess it's more of like a, a glurk or like <laughs> no, a, yeah. a gorsk. Well, the yeah. flap, and you have to have two. Like, you can't clap with one hand, you know. But that's the thing. I would say that the folk right. monster, that's mm -hmm. one monster. Flaps usually involve more than one craft, yeah, more than one monster. Was just, yeah, the folk monster was just one guy. Yeah, that was more of a, an experience, an encounter. Yeah. He was a visiting, he was visiting the area. Yeah. Mm. From there, the calls to both Stan Gordon's UFO hotline and the local number for Wakusafug, they increased dramatically. Oh, yeah. Because Bigfoot sightings seem to be happening weekly, if not at times, daily. Rotten-smelling Bigfoots were killing chickens and dogs, wandering cornfields, hanging around caves and mine shafts, mm. lying in fields, taking naps. That's cute. Oh, they do, they did see nice. one just sleeping. They saw multiple <laughs> Bigfoot yeah, sleeping. Yeah, just hanging out, just yeah. sleeping. Oh. Yeah, and they saw one 
tear a six-foot-tall pine tree from the ground with its bare hands. Wow. What's strange, though, is that like the variations in the UFOs, people also reported variations on the Bigfoot. Footprints would vary in size, shape, and toe number. Mm. Fur would be reported as white, black, or brown. And in one case, a nine-foot-tall humanoid was seen by several people wearing a shiny fabric suit. Oh, oh very like, nice. Yeah. It's it like, was you must the have, 70s. Oh, yeah. You must have gotten, like, because you ever I follow, like, NBA fits, mm-hmm. yeah. like, on mm-hmm. the internet because the guy's really big guys. That's what you have to do. You have to go to the big and tall store. I saw all yeah. the, the, we got, uh, we went through the mail for the studio because we used to live, at the, this is, used to be your home, Kitzel. Yeah. And we got all this mail that used to have, and it's all the big and tall stuff it that they, they, they try to, they wrap your poor guts in. And I tell <laughs> you what, man, they, world. they really could <laughs> up the fashion. Yeah. King size. Because it really does look like Bigfoot Hunter magazine. Yes, yeah. indeed. They definitely sold it. You ordered one big and tall shirt, and they mm-hmm. definitely sold your address to many other big and tall companies. Yes, they did. King size. <laughs> yeah, king size. There's Westmoreland big and tall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there was something called like the beefy and long. Mm. But there was like, a lot of guys weren't even wearing the clothes. Yeah, that's a, that's a special magazine. <laughs> well, one of the most detailed encounters, a woman said that she saw a grotesque-faced creature stooping down to look in her window. The face was round and covered in dark hair, while the nose was flat like a gorilla's. The eyes had no whites, eyelids, or eyelashes, but were bright red. What if they were goggles? That is literally a question. That's interesting. What if it's goggles? What if it's goggles? The skin, not covered in fur, was wrinkled, almost appearing burnt. And of course, the strange smell of decaying meat filled the house. Mm. And that's that's interesting because sometimes it's decaying meat, sometimes it's rotten eggs. Yeah, it's farts. Yeah. And again, several large footprints were found outside the window and casts were made. That's why we got the plaster. Absolutely. (laughs) In another detailed encounter, a witness visiting friends saw a horrifying face again peering into his bathroom window. This witness said the Bigfoot had a big head, two pointed ears, Mm. a deeply set ape-like nose, large growing red eyes, and two big fang-like teeth. Kind of sounds like he was like more of a bat squatch. Well, we're going to get to bat squatch here in a second. Yeah, and also, have you ever heard of dino beavers? (laughs) <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't heard of that one yet. You've not heard of dino beavers? I've not heard of dino beavers. Di- beavers the size of a dinosaur. Dinosaurs and the size of beavers. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> no. no. It's the opposite. Smaller dinosaurs, not bigger beavers. Oh. So you're talking about like a gallimimus. They were about the size of a beaver. What'd you uh, call th- me? There's, there's pl- <laughs> 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 Plenty of dinosaurs were beaver size. Not now. Because there's a we are going to do a follow up to Skinwalker Ranch, but they actually had an infestation of dino beavers. Any bird is a dinosaur, so a pelican is a dinosaur. No, a dino beaver. (laughs) Well, when I'm talking about these detailed descriptions, you see what I mean by the descriptions getting more and more detailed as time goes on. Yes, and they get weirder and weirder. Now, by the summertime, so many Bigfoot incidents were being reported to the police that authorities created a special code red signal to (laughs) alert Stan Gordon so he could take some, quote unquote, pressure off the authorities. I mean, they didn't didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Stan was very like, basically, all right, you got one side of the story. You got Stan's side of the story where he's like, the police just were graciously, they knew that I was an expert. There was a signal for him. It's a code red. It's a code red because he's like, because in the end, they knew that these cases were important. They need to be investigated. They need to have a guy. They need to have somebody who they were knew what he was doing. <laughs> and I do think that there might have been another side of this story where they were like, please send this horseshit yeah. to Stan. Every single time they're calling me like, you should be calling Stan, yeah. not the police department. And then the, the hotline to this day 
is just Stan's home number. Yeah, I think Stan might be Disney-fying a, a little bit, kind of what they did with Rudy Rudiger, because uh, they were kind of making fun of him there. When no, they, no, uh, he said with- the code red. I think that they did that to make him feel good. The cops in this, in this story, the cops are being, I don't know why, but they're being extremely nice to Stan Gordon. <laughs> they are allowing him in the process. He's going out like these cops are, I guess, bored or whatever. No, because I, they started actively investigating all these UFO and Bigfoot stories. And then they were like, well, Stan likes this. Okay. I mean, I think I would disagree that, you know, they did not take this seriously. No, they were they all took up it in it. Very seriously. Because, I mean, it's not that crazy that people are calling the cops because some of these encounters were actually very dangerous. Oh, yeah. In one case, a Bigfoot chased a car down the road emitting a crying moaning sound. <laughs> and in another, a Bigfoot was just hanging out on someone's roof, again, wailing and crying. Well, I'm going to call the cops. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. I, honestly, I'm I gonna don't call, know. Honestly, you call a therapist ah. because that Bigfoot needs to communicate. Yeah, it really does. We don't want to hurt the Bigfoot. Now, concerning the sound... That's another interesting detail. Yes. Like the visual details, the sounds made by the Bigfoot evolved over the summer. It went from a high-pitched scream <laughs> to a crying wail. <laughs> Finally, it settled into the sound of a large baby crying. Where? <laughs> Someone changed my diaper. <laughs> Ah, okay. <laughs> but no, it's scary though. I do feel like that. That's one of those noises that 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 would freak me out. Yeah. If you're outside, and you just heard that. <laughs> but a large uh, baby. Yeah, big baby. Right. Big, but I feel like it's that noise, but louder. I've yeah. seen some TLC shows about big babies. Oh yeah, that's yeah. different. But they don't yeah. really make crying noises. No, that guy was crying. Yeah, I would imagine it's, that's probably what it sounds like. It sounds like one of the adult babies <laughs> faking a cry. <laughs> <laughs> Then he, like, yeah. then he gets his food. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then he fills up. Mm-hmm. Well, by the summertime, someone captured the chilling, wailing, crying of one of these creatures, and they played it on the local radio station. Sweet. And according to later analysis, the sound was within known animal range, sure, but could not have been produced by a man or a machine. There's wow. no way an animal ever could have made that noise. Mm-hmm. But yes, it could have. But no, the, it, it was that, in the ring. An animal could have, but a man could, could not. not. Have. And a machine yeah. could not have. No. Um, well, machine probably, you could make a machine 73? Do it. I don't at think the time, so. no. Oh, at the time, no. You just I could make you a machine that sounds like a baby cry. Now you can, sure. Now, at the same place where the Bigfoot was seen on the roof, that creature, it came back and it started throwing rocks. Ooh. A big oh, fucking rock. That's not good. Oh, that's not good. While most of the other Bigfoots had red eyes, this one's eyes, very interestingly, glowed green. Yep, Irish. Maybe. That's why he was so hammered up there on top of the roof. <laughs> <laughs> but in the first of many incidents of tampering by forces, governmental and unknown, mm-hmm. the Wakufasug investigator who took the reports of the green-eyed monster, a dude named Ken, he discovered that all of his Bigfoot reports disappeared from his filing cabinet Collusion. soon after. Collusion. Oh, my God. This and is, they're this trying is... to shut it down. They don't want to talk about it because, again, it's a hidden event. It's bigger than Watergate. They don't want to get involved in it because if they open it up, you've got the Bigfoot of the Vatican right there. Yeah. Now, eventually, odd people did show up in Pennsylvania to, quote-unquote, investigate mm-hmm. the double flap. One woman named Beverly Burns called up Stan Gordon's hotline to report that a Bigfoot had ripped an electrical cord from her mobile home. 
But it wasn't Stan, Ken, or any other member of Wakufasug who arrived to hear this woman's story. Mm-hmm. Instead, she was visited by a short, heavy-set man with brown hair mm-hmm. wearing an all-gray uniform. According to his plates and ID, this man hailed from Ohio. Oh, oh yeah. Ohio. The men in black territory. Mm-hmm. The man, is it? I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. I know some, we have friends that live in Ohio. Yeah, we do. Yeah. The man, however, wasn't interested in Beverly's story. No. All he wanted was evidence. Where's the evidence? He took the hair samples Beverly had collected and took pictures of the footprints outside of her mobile home. Okay, okay, it's looking good, okay, looking good. Looking good. But when a local boy scampered up and took Polaroids of the footprints in the presence of the odd man, that dude grabbed the Polaroid and ripped it up. You give it to me, you old bastard! You shitty old bastard, and you ripped it up, and they're all like, like, why are you doing that? You just showed up, bro. Like, Come on. Yeah, strange and aggressive. The man then inexplicably destroyed all the evidence. Ah! Yeah. I think he set it on fire. Yeah. What? In right in front of world? He's like Tiger King killing all no, those alligators. He's showing you. He's showing you we mean business. Yeah. We're men in black. I'm not entirely He's not corporeal. wearing black. And men in black aren't <laughs> fat and short. That's how you, that's the thing is that you don't know. It's that I'm just wearing my gray uniform. But then it's my title. But- I'm a man in black. No. That's my title. That's my position. You can't uh, be wearing a, a, a Hardy shirt and working at McDonald's. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's the question. If Johnny Cash is wearing an orange shirt, is he still the man in black? That's what I'm he's saying. And the, the answer is yes. No, he's always the man in black. Always the man in black. Always. That's, that's a permanence. euphemism about people who struggle. Yeah, I know that. But he's still known so as the man black. in black. Yes. He also said it was thinning. That's true. <laughs> Slimming. After he kicked the pills, he put on some weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and he almost got killed by that ostrich. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> He's so funny. Well, after this guy, the odd man, burned the evidence, he jumped in his car and sped away without a word. <laughs> and this is the only time anyone reported seeing this gray man. But someone else did report that a strange guy showed up the next year asking about UFOs in an odd, squeaky, high-pitched voice. Again, it could be any <laughs> ufologist <laughs> that yeah. we've met. The only other incident involving mysterious authorities was when a man in West Newton reported that he'd seen and shot a Bigfoot on his property. Yep. It's that confidence. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Any Bigfoot blood? Any flesh? We'll get to the Bigfoot blood here in a okay. second. But according to this guy, men who seemed official arrived and removed the creature. Yep. So we're here you take it. Yep. He just gave the creature up? Well, I mean, they he thought they were the authorities. What's he going to do? What they? made them seem official? Badges, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> uniforms. A really cool truck. A hurried affectation uh-huh. okay. where you're like oh no I must blow through this oh I'm so busy I have four other bodies of this a Bigfoot I gotta pick up today okay. let's wrap it up you mm-hmm. act super busy people yeah. think that you're important official yeah. alright but even though the men in black seem to be taking a light touch this time around mm. I'm saying comparatively mm. this is a pretty light touch I honestly think this is one of those things where the second amendment comes into play where it's like they these guys are all very heavily armed they are and right. they, so they can't send the weird men in black yeah mm. they don't want a ruby ridge here yeah evidence did however sometimes get mysteriously destroyed sometimes in the field one day Stan Gordon and his team were taking three-toed footprint casts near the Green Gate Mall. Maybe he was headed towards the H&M. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about this Bigfoot is that he's not just relegated to the forest. He hangs around the town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or they hang around the town. There are obviously many more than one. Okay. 
while Stan and his team were waiting for the cast to dry when they had to leave to respond to another incident of high strangeness. Wow. Such was the frequency of reports that year. He, I do believe this. He said that his life was turned upside down for an entire year, that there was so much paranormal activity that was mm. being like called in and talked about that he was a full-time job. Yeah, I mean, I mean I they're basically the Ghostbusters. Yeah, it was awesome. Point. It's very fun. But when Stan returned to collect his plaster casts, both the casts and the footprints were mysteriously destroyed. Well, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. there's foul play involved. It's a it's, mall, a bunch of kids out there. Yeah. Everyone was making fun of him. Yeah. The one potato, two potato. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Well, it was around this time that everything got even stranger. And that was a trend amongst this entire flap. Is that things got weirder as time went on. It kept building. This was about the time that the Bigfoot whale turned into those large baby cries. Oh. Then someone in the Donegal area saw a bat squatch. Yeah, bat squatch! Yeah. Bat squatch, basically a Bigfoot cross with a mothman. Bat squatch! Yeah. Bat squatch. Sightings not as rare as you might think. You'd be surprised. Seriously, we've talked about, we were just, we were talking with that author. You, mm. the, the amounts of different shapes and sizes these cryptids can take, it's it's fascinating. So perhaps did a Bigfoot have sex with a bat then to make the bat squatch? I think that they existed solely on their own. And these oh. are dark matter monsters, man. Okay. They're just traveling between realms. I would imagine that a Bigfoot's genitalia is far too large for a bat. Well, they're supernatural, perhaps. Unless it was a very large <laughs> bat. Yeah, or Could a very be. small Bigfoot. Like those bats in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Those are big, big bats. bats. Yes, yes. big bats. Mm. Now, the Basquatch wasn't the only almost but not quite Bigfoot seen in the area in the late summer. Two brothers in Lancaster County saw a white-maned bipedal creature with tiger-like fangs, curved horns, and long grizzly claws. Whoa, it sounds like an ant, like kind of like a, what's the Like a yak man. Yeah. Yak squatch. <laughs> like a ra- almost like a ram. Ram squatch. Yeah, ram squatch. Well, apparently, according to a report taken by the Society for the Investigation of the Unexplained, that's C2, a <laughs> farmer <laughs> also saw the white-maned creature a few miles away just after the boys saw it. And this happens a lot in this story, is that one group of people mm-hmm. or one person will see a creature and then another person miles away will see the same creature a couple of minutes later. It's real. Like, yeah. that's a, one, one of those things where it was strange. And they and they all of the descriptions match. Yeah. The farmer, he tried using his scythe to kill the creature. Mm. But the creature stole the scythe and ran away. I feel like, yeah, you wouldn't, don't use a hand weapon on a Bigfoot. Yeah. No, a scythe isn't going to be nearly strong enough. No. no. And allegedly, the farmer found the tool the next day and the handle had been eaten away. Whoa. Oh, he ate the handle. Yeah, like handle. he's a giant why would, gerbil. <laughs> now, why wouldn't the Bigfoot eat the food that the farmer is farming? Well, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Bigfoots love corn. He's powered by his whales. Mm-hmm. All right. And that is also how he fills his gigantic arterial system mm-hmm. with the uh, the co- coherent matter that he needs to do to exist. Vortical. Vortical. Yeah, vortical. But finally, in September of 1973, someone else witnessed a connection between the Bigfoots and the UFOs. The UFOs, by the way, had been seen less and less since the Bigfoot flap began, but they hadn't disappeared entirely. Hmm. A witness said that she saw a large rectangular metallic UFO extend a ramp from a doorway, and two large Bigfoots came down the ramp and walked into the woods. Thanks for the ride! Okay, multiple Bigfoots. Ride from your grave. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, 
you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right? I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right? My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said? Done. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. 
No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Now, perhaps because the UFOs seem to be dropping off more of these creatures, September ended up being one of the most active months of 1973 for Bigfoot activity. Mm. Dozens of Bigfoots were seen looking through more windows. They killed more chickens and dogs. They hung around mobile homes, destroyed mailboxes, Mm. bellowed, yelped, baby cried, and generally stunk up the place with their trademark rotten egg sulfur smell. Mm. They're ruining the neighborhood. It really sounds like it. Yeah, it is is reverse gentrification Bigfoot style. Was Mm. there a paper mill around? No, no No paper mills. However, there is a paper mill in Texarkana. And that's where the fart no smells came from there. From the folk monster. But concerning the smell, a woman in Jeanette said that she was walking around her trailer park when she caught the rotten egg scent and threw up as a result. Mm. (laughs) Very sensitive. Moments later, though, she heard a loud vomiting sound from the woods that sounded similar to hers. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the scene by Stand By Me, from Stand By Me, where everyone just starts puking on each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the pie-eating contest. Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't like when I hear... (laughs) (laughs) It makes me kind of sick. I actually made myself a little nauseous. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this woman felt that the creature was mocking her. (laughs) (laughs) The creature then bellowed. (laughs) And when the trailer part was later searched... A large pile of feces was found <laughs> along with an ear of corn that had been husked and eaten like a banana. That's going to work for oh, you pretty difficult. It's, it's, it's very difficult to poop. Imagine that, you know, the kernels to come, come out. Of course. That cob is also going to be coming out in chunks as well. Yeah. Well, this is one of many trailer park sightings because, strangely, the Pennsylvania Bigfoots were particularly interested in aluminum sightings. They kept saying this, how like fascinating they're playing with it, they're they're poking at it, they're licking on it. Well, perhaps it resembled the spaceship that they were, were dropped off from. Um, well, remember that that metallic debris that fell that kind of kicked off this whole thing? Yes. Mostly aluminum. Mostly aluminum. Okay. Now, it's around this time that another Bigfoot got shot. Or at least a man claimed to have shot a Bigfoot who was stealing apples from the man's apple tree. Oh, that's oh. not a killing offense. No, John. it's not. It's literally a Huck Finn crime. But <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy said that after he shot the Bigfoot, the creature screamed and ran into the woods, leaving behind spots of blood. But when the alleged Bigfoot blood was collected and sent to C2, it was found to be nothing more remarkable than saliva mixed with apple juice. No, that is it's a strange combination. Um, I don't know why. I guess he just swished a bunch of apple juice in his mouth and spit it on the ground. Well, I think he was eating the apples pretty fast. And that just the apple juice that he created from eating the apples, he started drooling because I think Bigfoot's drool. Oh, yeah, Bigfoot yeah, definitely drool. drools. Yeah, yeah, sure. Now, in mid-September, Bigfoot sightings and UFO sightings began to converge, although the shape, size, and color of the UFOs wasn't any more consistent in the fall than they had been the previous winter. Interestingly, once the Bigfoots and UFOs began their convergence, Stan Gordon started getting calls from government agents who told him that they were aware of the sightings and wanted to learn more. See, Stan Gordon might actually get a job with the government if he doesn't blow it all up. 
Soon after, they put him in contact with a government facility known as the Bureau of Sports Fisheries, Birds, and Mammals Lab. Mm. I guess that's. I guess if I were to trust the government with one branch that yeah. you were going to put towards oh, Bigfoot, yeah. like that makes sense. That so, totally makes sense. The yeah, fishermen not, of the government. Yeah, the the sport fisheries. Well, yeah. they make sure that everything's on the up and up. Yeah, I would imagine it's probably a, a subsidiary of the Game Warden Commission. I'll tell you one thing, man. You know the fishing world; it's up in arms. Oh, There's it's a big a, cheating scandal. Cheating scandal. They're putting weights inside the fish. Oh, bro, this, have you seen the clip? It's people freak out because there's millions of dollars on the line. It's oh, a millions. big deal. Yeah. And they say no. Uh, they say okay, we caught him cheating. Let him get out of here because they were about to freaking they were gonna, kill. Literally, him. we're going to kill him. Wow. But while nothing, <laughs> it was an interesting. Wow. Fascinating. I was wow. like, yo, cheating yeah. on fishing? Come on now. But while nothing came of that potential collaboration, he didn't get yeah. the job. No, he did not. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh-huh. It's hard, man. It's he. He was. You know what? He was needed in Pennsylvania. He mm-hmm. was. He couldn't go to D.C. Absolutely. Well, after that, the sightings again increased in strangeness. Two teenagers in Beaver County said they saw an eight-foot-tall, white-haired Bigfoot carrying a luminescent sphere. But it didn't have red eyes, and it didn't reek. Yeah, man. They, they like to play with the spheres. It's like the ball from Phantasm. Oh, yeah. yes, because they also believe maybe that that's them ingesting dark matter, because we can speculate that if cryptids are harnessing dark matter in their biology, mm-hmm. it suggests that something in their bodies allows them to compress water and hydrogen clusters. We can then imagine mm, yes. that they might use minerals to do this, or a particular mineral-lined organ or surface that can accomplish what palladium seems to achieve wow. in a cold fusion reaction. Self-published. Interesting. Do you know what cold fusion is? I know that it's not hot. It's not hot fusion. I, agree <laughs> I know that. that is. I know that. It's about my answer too. I mean, I don't know either. But I just wanted to know if you knew. I think. Does it's... the author of the book know? He <laughs> said it several times. Hot fusion. Hot fusion is needs uh one of those little like you put the little wrapper on the cardboard little, wrappers. Yeah. Um. No, no. it's a uh, hot fusion. I think is like what we try to do. I mean, hot fusion isn't that nuclear reactions. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. You guys are all coming at me. I don't know. I brought, you have the book. I, so have, I put this I'm teaching here. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, the sighting of this seemingly more enlightened Bigfoot coincided with a UFO sighting from the father of one of these teenagers. He said that at the same time that his boy saw the Bigfoot in one field, mm. this guy was in another field and he saw a UFO projecting a beam of light down into the woods. They're in two different locations and seeing two different weird phenomena. Okay. And that again implies that the UFOs and the Bigfoots were linked. Or unless they are the same phenomena mm. and then they present in different ways depending on what eyeballs witness the phenomena. But I, the question I have about that, though, is that when people see these things together, they all see the same thing. Yes. Wouldn't each of them see something different if the perception is based on the individual person? Sometimes. Vor- vortal. <laughs> the, the answer is sometimes, but not always, because that's the entire thing. Trickster phenomenon. <laughs> you never know what I am. You, you never, never know. know what I look like. And sometimes I'm a UFO. Sometimes I'm a dino beaver. <laughs> Fuck you. Try to put a label on him. Try to put the label on the unlabeled fucking phenomenons. I know you got male Saturn boldness. <laughs> Honestly, it's fine. But concerning the increasing strangeness, a family at the end of September saw something unlike anything else witnessed. They said that they heard the wailing cry of a baby from their front porch. Okay. But when they went to see what they could see, they were met with a creature that looked like a cross between a dog and a monkey. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. It's a were monkey. Yeah. It's a mog. This thing had large, round, red eyes and a hump on its back. It had long fur and a 12-inch ring tail. Weird. 
Amazingly, though, this was actually the second time that the matriarch of this family had seen the unfortunate jumbled creature. Maybe it's her spirit animal. It could be. But by October... My spirit animal's a monkey dog that I've seen twice. (laughs) And then you're just in a fucking mental institution. Tale as old as time, Beauty and the Beast. And by October, neither the UFO sightings nor the Bigfoot encounters were showing any signs of slowing down. And it was concerning enough that locals began calling their state representatives in Washington good. to do something yeah, about Yeah, man, bring someone That's even more good. ineffective in, yeah. a senator. Wait, was, do you think that, uh, may look, I just ask, was Vietnam happening? Uh, mm. Winding down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there was trauma. About, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was trauma in there. There was some undiagnosed trauma. There were some boys that were left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some boys that wanted to be left behind because they didn't believe in that goddamn war. Yeah. I yeah. ain't no had no quarrel with the Viet Cong. Right. Yeah. We actually had an opportunity to speak with the man who played Michael Myers in the latest uh in the latest three Halloween films, uh James June Courtney. And he mentioned how oftentimes in Vietnam people would become aroused from the killing. From the killing. Yeah. Plenty of people become aroused by violence. Okay. Well, the way you look to me there. I'm just really glad (laughs) that we brought it into this. Very good. Check out that. That's another Patreon interview. Well, as a result of them calling up their state representatives, a Pennsylvania congressman called up Wakusafug to get, or Wakufasug, sorry, not Wakusafug. <laughs> Don't get that wrong. <laughs> Don't get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, other, we're going to hear the calls. Yeah. Yeah, yep, the other one's a group that aids and abets in a whole series <laughs> of crimes. Yeah. Well, he called to get more information. And two congressmen visited Stan Gordon with genuine interest. <sighs> He's fucking... That's the yeah. thing, is that, it's like, just... on one side, I'm like, well, they're listening to their constituents and they're showing up, but also, like, you're so full of fucking shit. You yeah. don't believe in Bigfoot. Hey, man. Well, you never know. I mean, it's more the UFOs than the Bigfoot. That's yeah. really what it is. Yeah. Because this wasn't too far removed chronologically from a time when UFOs were seriously discussed in the Senate. This was like a peak of UFO conversation. Yeah. About seven years prior, future President Gerald Ford, then House Minority Leader, he proposed a full investigation to Congress concerning a UFO flap in his home state of Michigan. These sightings had resulted in the infamous swamp gas explanation yeah, erroneously, yeah, erroneously made by legendary ufologist J. Allen Hynek, who later regretted making the statement under governmental pressure. He and knew what he saw. Yeah. He did. And we want to thank everyone who came out to our show in Grand Rapids, the home of Gerald Ford. Oh, yeah. Love yes. him. Yeah. They love him. Yeah. And He's Ger- all over the place. Yeah. And Gerald Ford agreed. With J. Allen Hynek's regret. He wow. called Hynek's swamp gas explanation flippant. Yeah, dude. Flippant. Flippant. Mm-hmm. Wow. He might as well have said the R word. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, nothing came of Ford's proposal, nor was the Pennsylvania double flap ever discussed in the halls of power in Washington. No, not once. Therefore, Bigfoot's continued terrorizing the citizens of Pennsylvania unfettered. Throughout wow. the rest of the year, eating their corn and fouling their air. They love their corn. I yeah. guess so. However, it was said that sometimes when the Bigfoot ate something, his scent would change from that of a dead animal to something more chemical in nature, Mm. as if some reaction was taking place. Like the mix of coherent matter with the very (laughs) nature, creative nature of the universe itself. Self-published. Self-published. No, no. You you (laughs) gotta see here, man. The proof is that it's written down. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, compellingly... UFO sightings and Bigfoot encounters in Pennsylvania during the flap, they seesawed. The more UFOs you saw, the less Bigfoots there were on the ground. And the more Bigfoots you saw on the ground, the less UFOs there were in the air. It there is, you that's go. fucking supply and demand. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I actually think this discounts the mass hysteria theory. Because you'd think 
that both would get more and more frequent until it reached a pitchfork and torch fever pitch. Well, it's the old uh, old country buffet. If you see the meatloaf is still there, you know the steak's gone. Yeah, yeah. If the steak's gone. You can get some meatloaf. That's when yeah, that's when you roll in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but weirdly, I think that that is appropriate yeah. because it's yeah, it's not a mass hysteria. That the steak is gone, and right. now I'm going to have the meatloaf. i got to go to the meatloaf now. But there was a mass hysteria trying to get all the steak, yeah. which exactly. is why there was no more steak. Which is why you got to go to the meatloaf. But concerning the convergence of UFOs and Bigfoots, on October 25th, they were both present during an actual Bigfoot shootout. This is a good Whoa. one, man. This is one, like, because there's so many sightings, but this is, this is a, a thick one. That night, witness Steve Palmer and his wife were driving to his father's farm when they saw a large, round, red UFO as big as a barn hovering 100 feet above the ground. Hmm. A group of about 15 people soon gathered to watch the craft. All of them swear that this goddamn thing was there. Oh, yeah, and it made this crazy noise. This big whirring noise. Awesome. And you had the cries of the large baby. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. This time, though, the UFO landed, which was actually very rare. This is the only time anyone saw one of these UFOs actually land. Because when the Bigfoots were dropped off, they would just hover above the ground and you know put out the ramp, and they'd yeah, sure, yeah, 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 because yeah, because they're on their way. Because it was like one of those um, what do they they the group Ubers. Group Uber's? Yes. Gro- groupers, groupers, yeah. Uber pool, oh. but for space. Yes, I got it. I got it. Well, after the UFO landed, a couple of young boys decided to investigate with Steve Palmer. They also brought along their thirty out six. Of course, yeah. And when they came upon the UFO resting in a field, two eight foot tall Bigfoots with no necks and long arms Whoa. began approaching them. Please, we're telling you the lotto numbers. They could have been nice. <laughs> they could have been, been nice. nice. Steve panic started firing the rifle and continued his barrage even after the Bigfoots retreated. Steve claimed to have made three hits, which Steve could see because the entire field was illuminated. After being wounded, though, one of the Bigfoots was struck by a beam of light. And after the creature rocked back and forth as if it was about to lose its balance, uh-huh. it charged its stick. Got you, fake you out. Got you. Weeble wobble, weeble wobble. Don't fall down. But then it hit a fence and fell down. Yeah, well, yeah. you it's know, it's, it's, it's hard. Because he's to getting be. used to his corporeal form. Right. Wow. Sure, absolutely. And that's when Steve and the boys decided they'd better retreat as well. And they finally ran back to their cars. Mm. They called the police, who called Stan Gordon. Stan, these guys are fucking just shooting <laughs> randomly in a Right. Field. Can you go fucking end this? Yeah. Because when one thing <laughs> yeah. a stand did say, which is again the lament of every round man who is curious in this incredible mm-hmm. country of ours, where he says he has tried to show up and see these things on time, and he has never once seen a UFO <laughs> or a Bigfoot. So he's right. just like, they're shooting at him right now. Stan puts his what I can only assume some form of illegally purchased police siren on the top <laughs> of his fucking Plymouth, and then like, wee he made noises yeah. with his mouth. It's a code red, man. Yeah, like, yeah, showed red, up, yeah. and by the time he showed up, Everybody's gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, poor guy. Well, he made it out the next day, and he, he came, was tired. Yeah, he I was believe tired. he got yeah. tired. He was yeah. an, I think he was an engineer. Something like he that. He worked yeah. at like some. He had some job. He uh, had a real job. He had a day job. Yeah. Right. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> so he came out to do some radiation tests with Steve and a couple other Wakafasug members. Mm-hmm. Now, radiation tests are standard practice for UFO landing sites. You got to. Yeah, and more often than not, radiation is found. It was found in Rendlesham. It was found in Cortez. Is it the Cortez landing out in New Mexico? Uh, the Cortez UFO incident where that patrolman saw a UFO yes. land and saw some of the you know, and then the, aliens and then saw running the ground, around. Like, the ground was all burnt. Fallow, all yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was Cortez, but it was... A lot of radiation was found there. But there was no radiation here. 
nor could they find fur, footprints, or blood from the Bigfoots. Hmm. But there were shell casings from the shots that Steve Palmer fired. So he definitely shot at something. Yeah. Yes, I do believe he shot his gun. He was certainly in a field firing a, a 30-06. Well, yeah. not again, not no. sober. But here's when things get really weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. While Prepare Sta- yourself. I am fully prepared. While Stan and his colleagues were taking their readings, Steve Palmer started acting odd. He began moving in a herky-jerky manner. <laughs> He's doing but, Bigfoot shuffle. Yeah. yeah. But he kept insisting that he was fine. I'm fine. <laughs> no, no. Quit looking at me. Do you read? Do you read? Sugar water. More sugar water. He thinks you're cool. Is he an alien? No. No. He started running around in a frenzy, making loud, inhuman noises while he swung his arms. <laughs> ah, you hear the effort? It's difficult. Yeah, yeah they, he was just traumatized. Yeah, uh-huh. people react to, in, to trauma in different ways. I guess so. Finally, Steve passed out, and this may not be trauma <laughs> because the smell of sulfur hung in the air. I think he should have smelled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eggs well, are shit, a very night. common food. Well, shit yeah. smells like shit. He would have just farted a bunch. No, the like, egg, I mean it probably eggs for breakfast, eggs for dinner. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was the egg hysteria <laughs> of the time. Everyone was going egg crazy in the seventies. Afterwards, Steve only complained that his ankle hurt. See? But his hands were tightly clenched. And no matter how hard they tried opening his fists, they couldn't get him to relax. Yeah, man, he had the Bigfoot fits. Wow. Now, when Steve later talked about his experience in the field, he said that he saw a man-like figure cloaked in a black robe, wearing a black hat, and carrying a sickle. Okay. As always, the apparition said that the world would end, mankind mm-hmm. wouldn't change his ways, and finally he got a vision of the world on fire. Yeah, we've seen it. Again and again and again. And again, I'd say that if aliens do, in fact, have this important message to deliver, you take it to the president. Yeah, don't just take bring it, it to, to the Delco. president. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, to, go to the news. Yeah, you don't go news. to some trigger-happy goon in rural Pennsylvania. Mm. But that's all about the slow evol- evolution of humankind. One person at a time. One person at a time. A la carte evolution. Mm. You do it. You just go in. You find the guy. You fucking, you have a lot. You make that one guy. Now he's groovy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can't ungrip his hands ever again. He's got G- Bigfoot fever. Jimmy mm-hmm. Carter would be the closest one. Peanut farms. I bet yeah. you they like peanuts. Well, he actually, he, he was acted, the closest one, I bet, to seeing a cryptid. He also was looking actively for UFOs. Jimmy Carter was obsessed with it. Man, that poor cuck put solar panels on the Fucking White House. Yeah, yeah. the Iran Contra. No, yeah. no, he yeah, actually he, he said in the thing. while he was in the White House that he saw a UFO, and some people point that part of the reason why he didn't get reelected. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Simple man. Yeah. yeah. It's the economy and UFOs. Well, after this experience, Steve Palmer claimed to plug into the world of the paranormal. Yeah. Oh. Where before he was just a regular dude, he was now having visions of future events like plane crashes. And then that shit would come true. Wow. And he began seeing and talking to the ghosts of deceased in-laws that he'd never met when they were alive. You know, he, he uh, but I feel like a lot of shit just kind of came on board for him. If you mm-hmm. did have a genuine paranormal experience, people do tend to flip out, especially if you are like a deeply materialist. You live out in the middle of rural Pennsylvania. You're not used to like dealing with the flights of the fantastic. And sure. when they appear in front of you, sometimes again, the more the more you talk about it, the crazier you sound, and then kind of turns into a chicken and the egg scenario mm. where you're up your own cloaca and you didn't know how you got there. And they did decide the egg came first. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And the thing is about Steve Palmer is that after this, he actually worked with Stan Gordon for the rest of his life. But unfortunately, Steve Palmer died before the publication of the book. Yeah, he really didn't have a chance to be ridiculed in real life. (laughs) That's uh, that's unfortunate. The weirdest thing, though, he formed an intimate connection with birds. From what people said. No, you're here. You're absorbing. Hear it out. Hear it out. Steve could look at a bird. And predict what the bird was going to do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to fucking fly. Yeah, it's yeah, going to fly. It's going <laughs> to shit on you. No, maybe no, no. it'll eat something. No, you never know what it'll birds are going to do. You do. Birds are the, the essence of freedom. No. Birds are the easiest animal to predict what it's going to do. I birds, actually feel it's the opposite. No, it's the absolute opposite. Birds what? are extremely unpredictable. They're free. What are you talking about? They're, They're dinosaurs. You never they know what a bird's going to do. Unison. They're dinosaurs. Some birds fly in unison. They all fly in unison. No, they don't. No, some birds are outliers. Because I lived in a city of... I had a pigeon infestation my last three three or four months in New York City, I intimately got to know the habits of pigeons. They are extremely unpredictable. He became Mike Tyson. He became Mike Tyson. No, I didn't because Mike Tyson loves his pigeons and I couldn't stand these pigeons. Oh, I like And then I asked my landlord, hey, can you get rid of these pigeons? You know what he said? What? Look it up on the internet. He said, you take care of it. You know how you get rid of a pigeon? Jerk one off in front of all the other ones. Yep. No, the problem (laughs) is that more pigeons start showing up. It depends what kind of pigeons they are. You need to shoot them in the head. Yeah, well, I, I can't fire a gun in New York City. BB gun. Nah. Get a machete. Either way, it's over now. You're here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm away from pigeons. But that's the thing is that from from what people said, Steve would say, hey, that bird going to come over here and land on my shoulder. And the bird, and it'd land on his shoulder. Look at that right there. Look at that. Snow brown. That's great. Look at that right here. Come on, that's my little guy right here. Cool. Steve, though, he was the only one to actually get an official visit from the Air Force. Mm. They asked him to describe in detail what happened to him that night and the day after. They then hypnotized him to get even more information. He doesn't know what he told them. Oh. And then they left, never to be seen or heard from ever again. That's a lot of outside work that the Air Force did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After Steve's encounter, both the UFO and Bigfoot sightings began to wind down. They slowed to a relative trickle by the winter of 1973, and by 1974, they became sporadic at best. Hmm. Yeah, there was a couple bigger sightings. There was like, you know, another red object mm-hmm. that was seen again, landed in a field, saw big feet come out of it. Bigfoots came out of the thing. They went to go, mm-hmm. a group of, went up to a higher, like, elevation to look at it and shot at it again, mm-hmm. again. shot at it, and then the UFO just blip, just disappeared, and the, and the Bigfoots ran mm-hmm. into the forest. Steve's just convincing all these fucking doves to suck his dick. <laughs> <laughs> a little lower. <laughs> a little lower. Look, yeah. put some feed over here. Put yeah. some feed down here. Well, that wasn't the only time, though, that you had a gunshot and then a disappearance. In mm. December, a man in Ohio Pile fired a... It's a the horrible... Name of the, time, the name town. of the town is Ohio, Ohio Pile. Pile. Or, or Ohio Pile. Ohio Pile. Ohio Pile. Oh. Uh, but it's it's Ohio Pile. Yeah, okay. with a Y, so it makes it new metal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he fired a revolver at a Bigfoot. Mm. But when the bullet made contact, uh-huh. the Bigfoot vanished without a sound, as oh. if it was only a projection that had suddenly cut out. A cool. bubble to be popped. Yeah. Oh. Perhaps coincidentally, that guy's mother-in-law also shot at a Bigfoot who was out on her front porch rattling tin cans two weeks later. Oh. Reportedly, when she fired her shotgun, the creature also physically vanished, except this time in a flash of light. The UFO reports came less frequently as well, and Bigfoot encounters slowly turned into suspected sightings by 1974. Mm -hmm. By 1975, the flap was at an end. Sad. Wow. But that doesn't mean that the Bigfoot left Pennsylvania. It did not. It did not. That Bigfoot, Mm -mm. it is bought property. 
Just last year, a mayor of a small town who's also a chiropractor, he relayed a tale from 1984 to a gathering of the Pennsylvania Bigfoot Project at a restaurant in Warminster. Did he bring up fractals? <laughs> no. To know, not fractals, not vorticulars, not mm-hmm. dark matter, not cold fusion, says here, not electrons or neutrons. If you look at this, if you look at the typical Bigfoot-type creature, right, their larger body would have a larger arterial structure than ours. The fluid capacity would allow for hydrodynamic vortex action in the arteries, and the veins would also be a source of charge cluster generation. That's what we have to get Kissel going on. Yeah. Oh, Because okay. he's got the big veins. You do the have ones yes. that are all clotted up. Yeah, we got to get you some Bigfoot veins. So I'm going to follow this self-published book to get healthy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. Well, the mayor said that something walked up to his campsite. He was sharing with his girlfriend at the time, back in 1984, and the Bigfoot screamed in a tone that was both deeply guttural and high-pitched. Ooh, throat singing. Yeah. Yes. Reportedly, the scream shook his body so hard that the air looked like shimmering water, like he was standing in front of a gigantic bass amp. And then he got into yeah. the pseudoscience that is chiropractory. Chiropractory? Chiropractory. Chiropractory. Now, the mayor wasn't the only one to see a Bigfoot in the 80s, back in Pennsylvania. A man named Rob Viers told a news channel that he and his family saw a Bigfoot when he was nine years old. Faced with skepticism, Rob Viers said, quote, I'm not crazy. I served in the military. I worked in law enforcement. So it's not that I'm crazy, but I know what I saw. All right. No way a military man who's a cop would be unreliable. He knows what he saw. (laughs) I believe he does know what he thinks he saw. And the more that you say it, the more that is true of you. Yeah. Because you know what you saw. Mm -hmm. And if you find yourself in a position screaming, I know what I saw, Mm -hmm. you know what you saw. Yeah. And it's everybody else that doesn't. Yeah. And that's why you're yelling at me. Fantastic. (laughs) And of course, there was the man we heard from earlier that was quite a recent sighting. So while the double flap came to an end decades ago, it seems as if at least a few Bigfoots stuck around to make a life for themselves in the wilds and small towns of Pennsylvania. There you go. And you really? can insert your senator joke uh, because I'm too classy to do it. Thank you. I actually think <laughs> no, that John no. Fetterman is an appropriately sized senator. Absolutely. And we actually have a message here from Officer Gaznavi yes. of the Chestnut Ridge. Because Chestnut you know, Ridge. You know, this, took with, this took place within the Chestnut Ridge area mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania, which they're saying is the hot spot. Like this yes. is the UFO hot spot of the middle of this country. Uh, and so we have an actual yeah. officer here to talk about what you need to do. If you see a UFO on top hat this uh, this week, we talked about porn. Uh, Pornhub had all of its uh, little like, what do people search? Chestnut. Uh, nowhere to be found. Interesting. Interesting. Hey there, this is Officer Giznavi. If you find yourself in a woods one evening and maybe you've had one too many Iron Cities. Lord knows I have. And you happen to see a shimmering light in the Jagger bush <laughs> and you think to yourself, mm. huh, that must be one of them UFO aliens. Do us a favor here at the Chestnut Ridge Police Department. Don't go willy-nilly shooting your 22 into that bush. My cousin Tommy did that, and he shot his friend Bobby right in the ass. It hurt real bad, but now you can ride the incline right up his butthole. He's lucky he didn't end up in that Hall of Fame in the sky with Myron Cope. <laughs> so here's a tip. If you do see that shimmer, wait till you see the green of the alien's eyes. Then... Feel free to unload all the leads you want. But if alien combat ain't your thing, you should call our pal Stan Gordon at 724-838-7768. That is a legit 
real number that is still alive. Stan Gordon's, when he has a UFO website called Stan Gordon's UFO Anomaly Zone, Mm -hmm. you can call him at any time. And also sightings at stangordon.info. Please, for the love of God, don't waste this. Don't, I mean, be kind. Please be kind. See a UFO and give him a ring. Look at his website at stangordon.info. Understand, before you prank call this man, just look at the man. Look at the pictures. Look at the man. Look him in the eyes. Know that he is a human being. He's just a man. That is a he. He's he's a normal f- flesh and blood. Look at this guy. Yeah. Don't don't fuck with this man. All right. He looks so nice. He's a nice man that is genuinely interested. But well, if you do you happen to see something in the greater Pennsylvania area, yeah, send him a send him a yeah, message. Give him mm-hmm. give him a call. Keep him company. Um. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to this fascinating true story. It, uh, <laughs> this is as real as it gets, It Doc. is as real as it gets. Do we have any information that we want to relay to the fantastic listeners out there? First of all, so if you want to harness dark matter, mm-hmm. a part of what you have to do is be big enough to stomp hard enough that you create the corticial blast that you need Great. to dig up. The, does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, no. I'm going to send you the book. Okay. The book. You should all yeah, read the book. Send it. Book. Send it to me. I'll yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, actually, uh, I do have some news. We did make a premature announcement about the postponement of the Australian dates. They are going to be postponed to August. They are there, but there's a couple of venues that we're still waiting to find out if we're going to get the new date that we need. And so that you're going to get information from the venue. It is my fault. Fantastic. I shouldn't have said it. That's That's great. Now we're back at it. We we all stood by you there. Um, We're competing with uh, Toto. Mm. Who is also That's on legit, tour? Though, there. So I know. That's why I said it. Also, make sure you check out the Mystic Museum. Has a holiday food and toy drive. It is here in Los Angeles. It's through December thirty first. It it really is great, and we've worked with them before. And you know, if there's any clothes that you don't need, you want to put in, or you like in any canned food, non perishable items, they would love it. Check it out. It's at the Mystic Museum. That's at three two zero four West Magnolia Boulevard, Burbank, California. Um, also, one little announcement. I am looking for, if anybody's around that does Japanese translation, mm. I am looking for a quick job. Okay. Right, for somebody who can tra- uh, can really well translate Japanese. So email slide stories, LPOTL at gmail.com, if that's you. Mm-hmm. Tough gig indeed. All right, everyone. Marcus? And don't forget, uh, as of this week, all three parts of the Patty Smith series on No Dogs mm-hmm. in Space are officially out. So Official. if, you've been, if you've been waiting for the entire series to be done before you listen to the thing beginning to end, you can now do so. Get No Dogs in Space wherever you listen to your podcast. Awesome. Like also, the serious shows. Check those out Monday and Tuesdays at 6 p.m. PST. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Magustalations, everybody. Not so silent. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms. 
then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.